1: This is Everything Elite presented by MyBookie, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling and the elite extended universe. I'm Aaron. I'm joined Oh man, now I don't remember what the uh where what the status is of this long uh this long story of who gets introduced second. I don't know. I think I did Nate several times in a row. So I'm joined by uh, he's got an M on his hat for Mike. It's Mike Spears. What's up, Mike?
0: Yes. And then the, end, the uh, green and orange hat with an M on it, the <laughs> M stands for Mike. It also stands <laughs> for University of Miami. Hey, y'all. It's your old pal, Iron Mike Spears. I exist just as much as I did last week. Take it as you will. You know, I'm doing all right. I've kind of, you, you know, we're about to enter November, a very chill month where nothing big is going to happen across all land space, landscapes of our lives. So, you know, I, I'm doing all right. You know, I'm. I'm I'm hanging in there. Had a tropical storm roll through the compound this this morning, and and me being the big dumb idiot I am, and a Florida man decided to go to the grocery store right when the tropical storm was passing through. So you know I'm keeping on, and I evidently I had decent luck, no uh, down trees, and I am here in one piece. How are you doing, Big Cat?
1: I'm good. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm good. Uh, We had a long argument before the show about whether I actually have free time or don't have any free time. So I'm in this real existential place right now. of trying to figure out uh, how much free time I actually have. Important stuff.
2: We're also joined uh,
1: by Nate, a.k.a. Apenesis. What's up, Nate?
2: What's up, Aaron? What's up, Mike? It's me, Nate. Third member of the podcast here to talk about some all elite wrestling. It's the uh, upstart Wrestling promotion founded by the elite and Tony Khan. Um, just wanted to give you a, an origin story here for what we're going to talk about on the show.
0: Ninety-six <laughs> episodes in, good idea to do. You know, keep, someone might be a first-time listener. I was not saying that sarcastically. Yeah. Would you call AEW a startup?
2: Um. Yes. <laughs> well, really. I said upstart, right? You did. You upstart did. is is now upstart and startup mean the same thing basically but they're opposite configurations.
1: They are. They are.
2: Put that in your pipe and smoke it.
1: I just, I hate when people are like, when people refer to AEW as a startup, it's just like very annoying to me. It's not like, okay, well
2: call out Tony and Cody and Trevor, uh, just by name. No need to shy away from it. I'm saying you not know you're talking about.
1: This isn't an app. It's not app elite wrestling. That's not what startup means. That's my joke of the week. God, app elite geez. wrestling.
2: Yeah, we got a few weeks without an Aaron Bentley joke of the week, and I think we were better for it.
1: <laughs> uh, if you want more of uh, my thoughts on startups, you can head over to at everything AEW. I'm at Aaron like the car. Nate is at Epidosis. Mike is at Fuji Heya. Big boost in the follow. not a big boost, but I got a little boost in followers for the <laughs> uh for the Jericho tweet for exposing our good friend Chris Irvin.
2: You did personally cuz uh the pod account certainly had a had a good boost.
1: It blew up. Uh it did not uh go so well for me. I probably got, I don't know, 10 hmm. followers out of a, like 100 followers to the pod account. Hey,
0: got you past 650. That's good for you.
1: Yeah, I was happy about that. I've been hovering, so I was I was, I was happy for that Let to me, happen.
2: I want to, uh, what inspired you to, to look up? Because obviously, you know, there are little, from time to time, people go searching on the Open Secrets to see who's making what kind of political donations. These are uh, relatively common posts that go viral on Twitter. Uh, but these were Chris Jericho's first ever political donations, I believe. What inspired you to go and do a new search here uh, this week? Uh...
1: All right. I'm trying to remember because I was back in the mindscape. Well, no, I I was in the Everything Elite Patreon Discord. Oh, okay, It's all coming back to me now. So,
0: okay, here we go. You're
1: going to you guys are going to get the origin story of this tweet right now. An oral history of that tweet. Huge. Yeah. So Jericho posted an I voted selfie. Right. And that led to some discussion in the Patreon about whether he had ever voted before. Uh, I think I suggested I'd be surprised if he'd ever voted before. And someone, I apologize, but someone said uh, he probably never voted uh, until Trump came around. And I don't know, that just ticked off something in my brain of like, I wonder if he donated any money to Trump. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I went over, uh, checked out our good friends uh, at Open Secrets and uh, typed in Chris Irvin. And yeah, just it popped right up there, three thousand bucks from Jericho to uh, the, the the Trump fundraiser, the actual Trump fundraiser, and uh, all <laughs> in October of 2020 for some reason.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. I feel like maybe even I had previously looked because when he had Donald Trump Jr. on the show, I feel like people looked up whether he had made any donations because that's kind of what you do uh, on Twitter a lot of the time. Uh, So very funny that it's only here in October where, you know, that money is going to make a huge difference. Uh, But what do you have? uh, You know, what I want to do is I do want to, uh, in the context of our show and speaking officially for the show, I do want to censure you and, you know, officially reprimand you for this heinous invasion of privacy. Uh, Those are his private affairs. Uh, And I just, it's not right to, uh, you know, Talk about things that are in the public record and explicitly supposed to be in the public record.
1: Yeah, I I think this is a good time for me to apologize to uh, Chris Irvin, a.k.a. Chris Jericho, for putting his uh, very private confidential business uh, out on the Internet. But I mean, in my defense, read the tweet. It's right there. I just love when people get excited (laughs) about politics for the first time in their lives, even at the age of 48 or whatever.
2: <laughs> every, every time I think about Chris Jericho's money, um, <laughs> I think about when he sold his house and he had like yes. a, a moving sale and he had like
0: the, he a, sold bas- the a,
2: a basket of his underwear for like 50 <laughs> cents or whatever. And it's like, wow, Chris Jericho really wanted every last penny to go to
0: Donald Trump. I, and it's something <laughs> that like just with like the timing of everything, like how much do we think that like he got real sauce one night and Having his first like thing of political action, he shot a cool grand over to uh, Donald Trump, woke up the next morning and was like left on the, the screen on his phone, hungover. I was like, I didn't realize if I did this or not. Uh, I should probably just do it again just in case. Because I definitely like I get the vibe of someone that he, he was off his tits and he decided that he was afraid of his money and all the good arguments that his good friend Donald Trump Jr. told him on his podcast. And he did that. Because like that's the wild thing. Like I would understand a little bit if it was, "Hey, I'll I'll go on your show if I'm going if you will donate to my dad's campaign." Like I understand like paying for pay for play or whatever. It's gross, but I get that mindset. But doing it like in such succession and then doing it over like what you're supposed to personally do really screams to someone that's like, "Oh, I didn't even look for like a political action community. (laughs) I didn't do any work. It definitely was something that like he was in his hot tub and." He probably was like drunk off his ass. Like, I need to do this. And so, it, of course, Chris Jericho did this.
1: So I, I just uh, typed in. So I it's stuck in my brain now that he did these first two donations on October 6 and October 7 of 2020. So I just typed in October 6, 2020 to see like, OK, was there an inciting event you know, that, that led to this to happen? Mm-hmm. You could say it was that. The president cut off negotiations for COVID-19 <laughs> relief. That got that got Jericho excited. Mm. You could say Trump was discharged from Walter Reed that day, you know, so Jericho was a oh, uh, like very well president. Sure. He's exactly. like,
2: Oh, yeah, I want to support my buddy, just get out of the hospital. Yes.
1: Mm. But I choose to believe that the real tie is that October six two 2020 was also the day that Eddie Van
0: Halen died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. That's
2: it. Eddie, probably, I yeah, miss you, you, man.
0: $1,000 to Trump. I really miss you. $1,000 Trump next morning.
2: Yeah, yeah, he probably got halfway through the form and had Eddie Van Halen typed in there as his name. And then it was like, oh, <laughs> fuck, no. How do I do this in honor of EVH, the legend?
0: So... so yeah. uh can we do an open secret search to see if there was another donation that was done on October 6th in the name of Eddie Van Halen? Because <laughs> that is my next question here is did he like th- thought he got through through Eddie Van Halen and was trying to do another one? Because like, I I, I think that's like the, the thesis you're proposing is probably reality. It's a, it's a combination of the two of us. He was drunk in his hot tub, crying about his good friend, Eddie Van Halen, who I don't know if he's ever met once in his life. And when it, and thought, that what's the best thing to do is to uh, give a thousand dollars to the uh, the big dumb president who got COVID and just got out of the hospital.
1: So last night, I went down this uh, Limp Biscuit rabbit hole. I was looking for concerts to watch earlier this week. Somebody suggested Rage at Woodstock '99. I watched that and then decided I needed to watch like everything else from Woodstock '99. So I watched the Limp Biscuit set, and this just you know sent me d- into a dark place where I discovered a story that. Eddie Van Halen, like he and Fred Durst once talked about Eddie Van Halen joining Limp Biscuit after mm-hmm. West Borland quit. And uh Eddie oh, Van this Halen. The story
0: rules, the story owns.
1: Yeah, he like he like brought all his stuff over, Eddie did, to play uh with Fred Durst. And then there was some issue where Eddie leaves. But then he comes back the next day, like demanding that his uh stuff be brought out. And uh rumor has or legend has it, uh, held a gun to Fred Durst's head
0: until he got all his shit back. So with the you're not telling the whole story. He he showed up there Sorry. with like jeans <laughs> on, no shirt, and like in his Ferrari and held a gun to his head. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Mike. I got to know you were the Eddie Van Halen story ombudsman.
0: Oh no, I just as soon as when Eddie Van Halen died, when this story went around, I went and read the entire story because uh, if I'm going to report a story I on really, Aaron, Aaron I, I'm going to do it correctly.
2: I really hope the story of Aaron Bentley telling the Eddie Van Halen Limp biscuit anecdote on the Everything Elite podcast. I really hope that story gets reported in time for what it really is.
1: That's right, and I hope that for once we get credit for a story we reported on oh. our podcast. Oh. All right, let me, let's just hear this. I I didn't know
0: that, I didn't know that October 29th was airing a grievances or (laughs) airing of grievances.
1: Oh, that's Mike's joke of the week. Let's air this out. Boom. So this is a free show. I hate to give out, you know, paywall information for free, but it's out there. So on, and this is a good time to talk about this. On our last instant reaction show after the last pay-per-view which the name of it escapes me, but whatever the name of the last paper was,
0: all out. It's <laughs> all the out. second time they've done this.
1: Okay, all out. We did an instant reaction show with our good friend uh, Adam, aka Wick of Face, Springs Eternal. On said show, it was uh, revealed for the very first time that Nick Gauge, the god of this shit, was supposed to be the Joker in the Casino Battle Royale, but was unfortunately injured. Uh, before the show happened, so it was uh, Matt Seidel instead. So, anyway, that we were we we had that on our Patreon for you know the last two months. Our good friend uh, Cubs fan, aka Lucha Blog on Twitter, made some the comment god about that it. shit. Yes, right the the god of uh, Lucha Twitter, and uh, people it blew up, and people then reported or you know attributed the report to fucking Cubs fan <laughs> when it came from our Patreon.
0: This well, is not the first time that we've had paywall news that we will break on Patreon. This is so this credit. is
2: the problem, of course, with uh you know good journalism uh, organizations such as ourselves paywalling the important information. This is of course why uh you know the MAGA chuds are winning the information news war because all their News reporting is uh, free and available for everyone to access. So that's sort of the larger systemic issue. Um, I don't, I don't know if I want to put the blame solely at Cubs fans' feet because, uh, of course, he is a patron. Uh, that's where he got the information. Um, so you're in good company if you join the Patreon. Uh, I think I want to put the put the blame at the feet of the person who then reposted his tweet to Reddit uh, and and attributed it to him.
1: I think I've heard that it was a uh, friend of the show, Skeech. Is that correct?
2: I, I think that's correct. I didn't Skeech want to name him. Quite so explicitly.
1: Hey, Skeech, you might want to go back to Skeech 100, buddy. Oh,
2: <laughs> okay. Coming down on him a little hard now, Aaron. <laughs> He's off. It's this a little is hard, Aaron... I don't know if that's totally necessary.
0: That this is Aaron's uh, airing of uh, grievances. Maybe I, mean, I should have yeah. gone with Skeech 101. Maybe you should go back to journalism
2: 101 i don't oh, know okay i like that i don't know which one i should have that would have been, been uh more logical and cleaner <laughs> uh but the other one was like more pleasantly stupid so <laughs> i kind of <laughs> like the more pleasantly stupid one
0: Thanks. which if anything was going to be on brain for us it's gonna be the pleasantly <laughs> stupid that's result. what i like that's the energy i like to bring
1: to the show <laughs> Pleasantly I, dumb.
0: I, I mean as we're staring down the barrel of episode 100 maybe we should really just for episodes 100 to 199 just get really dumb i mean i'm already like half dumb as it is so aaron join me join me in this
1: all right um yeah so i just i gotta air one more grievance Jeez, i don't even know this one to all the people who quote tweeted my tweet to say <laughs> oh big surprise chris jericho supports trump yeah fucking no i just thought it was funny also <laughs> It is a big surprise because it was the first uh, political donations he'd ever made in his forty-eight year life. <laughs> the guy yeah. who the guy who argued with me he was like, uh, he's been making these donations for years, and I was like, dude, fucking search it. He's never made a donation <laughs> before, and he responded with a winky emoji, and I wanted to choke the life out of his <laughs> body. Ugh.
2: I um, there's there's most tweets have no utility whatsoever and are an active impediment to both communication and just societal good in general. But the tweet genre of, oh, this is not surprising. Or like, oh, everybody knew this, like, has less than no utility. Just like absolute noise that only serves to undercut what the actual issue of the thing is. It's like, hey, yeah, no, this isn't surprising. So actually it's fine, which is a fucking stupid position. Also, you see it a lot of times when it's like, oh, yeah, everybody knew Louis C.K. was an abuser or whatever the fuck. It's like, okay, uh, you're halfway to victim blaming at this point because for all the people that didn't know that, uh, you know, you're making it feel like it's their fault. So uh, That's stupid. Tweet less and never tweet that.
1: It's just funny because half the people were like, oh, are you surprised? And the other half of people were like, well, I'm out on Chris Jericho then. <laughs> it's like right. well, some
0: people were surprised. So it, 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 It's like the same thing about like people highlighting when someone brought up Black Lives Matter and he did All Lives Matter. Like, it's something that, I mean, get it all out on the table. There's, you're not entirely clear of where people truly stand. So, especially when you're a public figure, like Jericho, so like as Nate is saying about, like, uh about Louis C.K., like, it is something that it's, when you're a public figure and these things happen, they should be reported on. And Chris Jericho, I know you can say, oh, he's a pro wrestler. He's not a public figure. Bullshit. Chris Jericho has been a professional wrestler in major wrestling for the last, uh, 25 years and like he's got he's, a
1: super popular podcast i mean super
0: popular podcast he has a band that as much as we make fun of uh, fozzy it is a band that charts and i think actually the single of judas went platinum i want to say oh,
1: wow also like the the biggest thing about it is the tweet was a joke it's not like yeah. i tweeted uh big news guys chris jericho <laughs> is a republican you know it's like bum. Uh, making fun yeah i anyway. uh,
2: yeah, if I can get one more takeout. In, in yeah, the, come um, on. Give us a grievance. And, okay,
0: And before we do this, uh, immediate correction, it did not go platinum. It did peak <laughs> 79th on the Scottish album charts in 2017. I have not seen <laughs> that's how that's the downloads. Uh, actually, What, what Judas, did go
2: platinum, uh, John Cena's rap album actually went fully platinum.
0: It, oh, well, good for him. I just him. want to throw that out. Uh, also. Uh, Sneaky good Leeds album. It, yeah sneaky good <laughs> album uh, uh it was the lead singer was a my mi- the lead single was a minor radio hit spending 26 weeks on the mainstream rock chart peaking at number five it has hit number one on the Sirius the cirrus xm octane charts so it's a chart topping song he is a member of he, he is a public figure so eric yeah. air it all out
2: yeah i'm on, on the point of public figures i we try to be pretty well i try to be pretty fair to the wrestlers on this show um Aaron likes to to bury the wrestlers and uh you know uh send them off into isolation. What's the fucking word for when you when you exile them? Exile them to you know the fucking out, outer limits of wrestling when they have one bad segment or whatever yeah, and never see anybody again. It's cancel culture. Yeah, Aaron likes to cancel culture, but I I like to be, you know, relatively fair to the wrestlers and 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 you know try and identify all the reasons that maybe talented people can have segments not work or, or be and get the wrong thing but in the larger conversation of what's good for society public figures are not human beings celebrities are not people they are symbols through which we understand larger issues at play in society and you can say whatever the fuck you want about them so that's all
1: yes I think that's a great take to the extent they are people you don't know them so right, them no, you, you,
2: you don't know them whatsoever uh, their feelings don't matter um. yeah, that, that, that's all well, my point is really.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> obviously you should subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> I think that's clear. Make sure you get this as soon as it pops into your uh, your podcast feed. Give us a five-star rating and a review on the Apple Podcast app. Tell your friends about the show and make sure you subscribe if you want uh, one scoop every, I don't know, three to four months uh, at patreon.com slash everything. Elite. Okay. Uh, I also want to tell you about our friends at MyBookie. There's no shortage of games going on right now, as everybody knows. There's also uh, UFC cards. There's prop bets on the presidential election. Not sure if you can bet on which AEW wrestler will contribute to Donald Trump next. Uh, but all the major sports are there, even if some of the big playoffs are ending. Also, all the little sports are there, as Mike always tells us about every week. So make sure you go over to my bookie, sign up. When you do, use the promo code Elite E L I T E to claim a deposit match, dollar for dollar, all the way up to a thousand bucks. It's designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. So use the promo code Elite. Mike, I had a big weekend. Oh, you did
0: my bookie because they were they were dropping these lightning deals yeah player. and they'll do this and yeah. it's always awesome when they do because they gotta, will, they'll they'll do something that completely like changes like things are and it's to the benefit of the uh, sports better
1: yeah you gotta really you keep your eye on uh my bookie because you know I logged on and it was like okay uh the Ohio state whoever they were playing that game was coming on at noon so I logged on at like eleven forty five. 45. And they had dropped the spread. You could it was Ohio State minus twenty seven and you could get it for minus twenty one. So I jumped on that and, you know, it's free money, basically.
0: Yeah. And it's something that you would. There was one of the ones that they did last week as well that I was able to take advantage on. I think it was a, actually an NFL score. It was an NFL score that I was able to hop on to. And it, was the, it was the Jets game. Oh yeah, well, no, it was the Broncos versus Chiefs this weekend that okay. I was able to do that, and and they do this all the time, and it's not just to like NFL, like they will have MMA bets as well. Uh, AEW roster member Jake Hager is fighting on Bellator tonight, and he is a minus nine hundred favorite in his fight. <laughs> that well, that that has a call time of seven thirty as as we're recording, because I've seen that other guy. I'm gonna make a little take care for this and make Ooh, a little like bit on this. It's not going to be a lot because it's minus 900, but they, they all the a- other guy then, you know, I mean, I have you seen a photo of the other guy?
2: Yeah, I did.
0: Yeah. But, but what there is, you're
2: supposed to ask that after the fight. <laughs> that, that, that's fair.
0: That, 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 that's a good point. What there is interesting money Thank on you. is the <laughs> world championships of League of legends happening at 6 a.m. Eastern standard time on October 31st where does
1: this happen that it that It was oh, in china
0: it's oh okay. in China. it's okay. in china this year and speaking of china Suning gaming is in the final against damwon gaming so it is of course the two most important uh teams and the two most important countries ever in esports it is a china versus south korea matchup here
2: that's what i picked last week right i think i picked that
0: yeah yes you did uh nice work nate so Damwon is a minus two seventy favorite. Uh, let me see what the map spread is because it is a best of five. The map, spread, the map spread, the the map spread right now is Damwon one and a half. So, the Mike, did my, you
2: uh did you watch the new KDA music video?
0: I have not watched the new KDA music video <sighs> yet. How, how it, it, did they have the uh, one uh the, the, the full like vocal the the full like thing that we talked about a couple weeks ago that they had someone that was a fake music artists that they gave them their own Twitter account? Like, did they have them on this?
2: Um, I think so. It's all, it's all the computer generated league of legends characters doing this thing. And they don't have any other real K-pop idols in there. Uh, and yeah, I just saw that it came out. That's all.
0: That I think they will be doing a live performance on Halloween then, but you can Ooh. do all this through my bookie.
2: Yeah.
1: Just want to remind everyone, my bookie sign up, use the promo code elite to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks. Yeah, promo code elite exclusively at my bookie. Okay, it's time to get into uh, you know, this is a show exclusively devoted to all elite wrestling, as I think we've proven on this episode. Time to get into elite or delete. If you're new to the show, this is where we say what we liked and didn't like on the show. Nate, your elite pick from this week, please.
2: All right, really got a wide selection of. Quality pro wrestling matches on this television program that I could select as my elite segment from this week's show. I think I'm going to go. What I'm going to do is what AEW should do. I'm going to take the easy route. I'm going to go with the big singles match main event with your top star Kenny Omega against your should be top star Penta El Zero Miedo uh, in the main event. Really good match, comparable to their all in match, I think. I think that's fair to say. Uh, and it felt like a big time main event with stakes. They went all out. It was a spot befitting a blowaway singles match instead of doing a, you know, 25-minute tag match in the first segment of the show and doing all your high octane PWG kickouts right as the show begins. They instead did that in the main event spot, which makes sense because it's the main event. Uh and yeah, it was really good. Uh I, Omega, I think in, you know, coming back to this heel character uh has you know basically turned it on, basically found himself or you know, maybe it's just that he found the character that we're all a little more comfortable with or a little more familiar with, but the nice touch of coming out with the AAA Mega Championship and rubbing it in Penta and Phoenix's faces was great. And uh yeah, the match delivered big time
0: and uh the thing that really i took away from this match was how strong uh Penta was in this position and he's someone that i mean he often gets overshadowed by his brother Phoenix for obvious reasons Phoenix was one of the 10 best wrestlers in the world and they were able to like penta was able to be so creative with some of the stuff he was doing in this match that with the week to week story now was that he was kenny just completely uh, was on a different galaxy than uh sunny kiss last week, this week he actually kind of met his match somewhat and Penta was able to play into it in such a cool way. Like the way that he got out of the first one winged angel tease, I felt like that was really cool going for the arm snapper. And then before that doing uh, the, the Kenny was like propped up on the top ropes as if he was going to try to, to go for like a standing moonsault press or uh, the position that will Osprey gets people into for the really bad looking kick. But he sweeped out his legs and immediately jumped on top rope and did the Pero Aguayo stomp, which really owned too. And just was like a really great main event. And it's something that the in-ring wrestling on this show, for the most part, was incredibly solid. And I felt like that the two semifinal matches in the tournament were better than anything they had on TV last week.
1: Yeah, all the, all the patrons, all the, the listeners on Twitter, basically everybody was saying, like, Elite, the wrestling on this show, the wrestling was good. Uh, So, yeah, hard for me to disagree with that. Uh, I think it's interesting, you know, that I talked about last week that Omega or I'm sorry, Penta and Phoenix haven't really been presented as big singles guys. Uh, But maybe it's just I don't know if it's our built in like knowledge interest. But Penta felt like a big enough guy to be in this spot here. Like it felt good. And uh, yeah, it was good. I liked it.
2: Going to cut in here, do some uh, live reporting on the Jake Ooh. Hager fight, which is currently occurring. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, uh, wore wore the same inner circle shirt to the ring or to the octagon that he did in his previous fight. Also has a big AEW logo right across his dick and crotch, <laughs> so that's that's pretty exciting. I think that's excellent.
0: I mean, wait to see if there. You have to let us know if there is a Hager effect that happens. Oh, the I, match. if
2: you if you hear me scream from the from a distance away from the microphone, that means he need. Uh, Mr. Brandon Colton in the nuts uh, two or three times. <laughs> there we go.
0: There we go. All right, Mike, your elite pick of the week. Saying on the note that the rate wrestling was good, my elite pick of this week, and it's someone that often I malign his singles matches, but he was up against my, the the, the favorite wrestler, my favorite wrestler right now who is wrestling in A&W actively, and that is Wardlow versus Hangman Page. This was exactly the kind of singles match that I like out of Hangman Page. I felt like this was easily his best singles match since the Pack series last year. And they really like Wardlow each time he gets like an opportunity like this on a bigger stage, such as the cage match, which I mean, yes, that match is all about Cody and you plug someone in there and you hope that they deliver. But Wardlow over-delivered in that match, if you ask me. He did the exact same thing with, with Hangman. It looked absolutely awesome. He had the Swanton Bomb tees. They went about three quarters of the ring. And then they kept Wardlow strong in the finish. And it made it feel like that with how Wardlow's been built up in singles matches that Paige overcame something and looked really solid here. And I really enjoyed that as well. And it just was like a great 10-minute opener. And it was my favorite thing on the entire show. And this is kind of like... It makes me wonder like now that we have the uh, tournament finals that we all were kind of expecting what kind of match we we're going to be seeing out of hangman page, because if it's more of this style of hangman page with how Kenny is portraying himself now, then that could rival the, uh the AEW men's world title match as the possible match of the night.
2: Yeah, this match is also really strong. I uh, really loved the double buckshot lariats as the finish. I, th- both these guys just made those spots look awesome. And, you know, you beat, you beat Wardlow, but you barely hurt him at all, if at all, because of the, the strong finish that they had in the match. And, yeah, I think it's really a testament to just doing shorter, really good matches. It's like, oh, yeah, you can do a really strong match in 10 to 12 minutes instead of having to open every show with a 22-minute blowaway match. Like, you all – the former has – I think greater storytelling opportunities of doing like, how can we tell an interesting story between hangman page? Who's trying to prove himself in the singles division here after his tag team broke up. And then Wardlow who's a guy who shouldn't have been, you know, an obvious monster push guy down the line. Uh, and you just get a more effective story here than doing, Oh, they went toe to toe for 22 minutes. They kicked out of everything. And then one guy just eked out a win. Like, you know, they tell that they told that story with like, um, um, oh, Will Hobbs and, and Brian Cage, and it's like, yeah, it was a good match, but there's very little like storyline articulation when every big match on the first segment of your show is, oh, both these guys are totally even matched. They're going to go 50-50 and do a bunch of crazy spots and kick out of everything, and then one of them is going to eke out a win. Like, th- There's not much there anyway.
1: Yeah, this springs to mind, uh, listener, friend of the show, Sean Sedor on Twitter who said he loved the two tournament matches as well as the decision to have them book into the show. I think the way that you're talking about Nate, that they really, this format worked better than like the thing they do every week, as you were talking about with the the big 20 minute match at the beginning. And I think it's also time to say that like, yes, I think it could have been taken as uh, a bit at times, but Wardlow is like really good. Like he's, he does exactly what he's supposed to do.
2: Yeah, and he presents himself in a great way, I think, everywhere he appears. He never betrays the character at all, even when he's on BT or Sammy Guevara's vlog or whatever. Like, he always has that Wardlow presence, that indefinable Wardlow presence. Uh, And yeah, he's like, you know, you kind of have a glut of too many guys who are good on this roster at this point. But hopefully at some point we get real crowds back so you can just get behind him and give him like a huge real push.
0: And it's something that they've done enough stuff with Wardlow now, both on Road two and then in the promo immediately before this match that we do know sometime in the future we will have a program between him and MJF. And the sooner that crowds are able to come back safely, then like the sooner that you're able to do the crowds well, because I fully believe that Wardlow finally being like, okay, this is enough and just clocking MJF and then giving him an F10 it should get a much deserved huge reaction. And I hope that that happens in front of a big crowd.
1: My elite pick of the week. I'm just going to keep it on these the matches, uh, and I'll stay on brand. It's the Serena Deeb versus Layla Hirsch match for the NWA Women's World Title. Uh, this, to me, I know the Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa match got a ton of uh, a ton of love. Uh, I think this was like actually the match that that people claimed that match was. This match was really good. Uh, I think Layla Hirsch is excellent. Uh, Maxwell, I think made a Maxwell RBR made a good point on Twitter that Layla Hirsch has such a distinctive style where she really brings like the idea of combat into her matches. Like She doesn't let people just do things. You know, she is always fighting with them to stop them. And that makes her opponents have to work differently against her. It makes all her matches unique. So, uh, shouts to Maxwell for that very good point. Uh, and this match was just really good. Our patron Chelsea, her elite, Layla vaulting from dark to a title match inside of 24 hours. Uh, Very good. And yeah, shouts to Layla Hurst. She rules.
2: Yeah, I was pretty impressed with her. I I think I knew that she was, um, you know, quite good. Uh, We'd seen her at stardom in January, and she felt like she'd come a pretty good way since then even. I mean, you know, granted that's she's young so you're going to make those big steps when you have a lot of matches but given the pandemic and everything i don't know how much opportunity she's had to work uh but you know did not at all strike me as someone who was in the ccw dojo or whatever a couple of years ago you know seemed ready for the spot uh here in her national television debut
0: and it's something that she is an a person that i feel like is someone that you could use and build a division around like i don't know if she has like she, 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 she she's like a workhorse like character well, like she's someone that could come in and you can count on her because i i can't remember and i've watched a lot of her indie stuff i can't remember the like, last time i've seen layla hirsch have a bad match to be honest like it's always like good with the circumstances or extended to great and you, you, I mean, the phrase is you always need ditch diggers. And she's someone that right now you could have her be a workhorse who could end up being a top of the division person and someone that has such a unique and just uh, and I hate saying the word inspirational story. But she has like such a such an interesting life history that like if we start telling the story of Layla Hirsch's life and talking about her, her upbringing and then coming from Russia to the United States and all that. I mean, she's a very compelling person. So I feel like that this is like someone they can knock it out of the park with very easily if they keep on having Layla around. And I don't see a reason why she shouldn't be around.
2: If they give anybody time to knock anything out of a park. Yes. In the division.
1: This is a a pro Layla podcast uh, for sure. Uh, One more uh, listener elite. This is also from our uh, discord. Uh, Drake says Matt Jackson's earring was elite. I have to agree.
2: Yeah, if you want to went deep on Matt Jackson's earring on the Patreon discussing, uh, because, of course, they had the big reveal of it on being the elite and the backstory. We actually got the origin story of Matt Jackson's earring. So, uh, you know, origin story late in episode here.
1: Now, Nick Jackson's uh, hairline, I worry about a little more. And as you know, as guys, a lot of our identity is wrapped up in our hair, in our hairlines, Uh, how it feels getting a fresh cut. How we style it before we go out, which we don't really do anymore. Uh, But then we start seeing the first signs of hair loss. It's panic time. But now there is keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Uh, Most guys, two out of three, experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. Uh, The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. So keeps is a thing that you can do at home. Uh, You don't have to go to the doctor's office. You visit a doctor online. The medication is delivered to your home. Uh, They make it easy. They deliver the medication every three months. You don't have to go to the pharmacy or the doctor, which is all good. And remember that prevention is what's key. Uh, The treatments typically take between four to six months to see results. So you do it before you start losing your hair. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll keep. Uh, They have more five-star reviews than any of their competitors. More than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. The treatments start at just $10 a month, and you can get your first month free with uh the promo code elite. That's keeps.com slash elite. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash elite. I know that uh, sometimes I look in the mirror and think, I should have started on this uh before now. Uh maybe, maybe the old hairline is too far gone. Uh, but maybe we'll try it out, see what happens. Keeps.com slash. Elite. All right, let's get into the Deletes this week. A weird show, I think, where... Very weird. All the wrestling was good. Everything else, not so good. Uh Nate, what was your your least favorite thing
2: from this week? So, really, I think, got my pick of two segments here. Um What was odd about them and odd about the construction of the show is the two segments were back-to-back, which they don't typically do because... We've heard that the ethos for the company is they want to stay within ring action as much as possible because that keeps viewers' attention. But we had two talk segments on this show, and I'm going to pick, or two extended, prolonged talk segments on this show. I'm going to pick, uh, I guess, the less bad of the two, which is the Young Bucks and FTR segment. Young Bucks sitting down with Excalibur, FTR sitting down with Tully Blanchard, and... I think I appreciate what they were trying to do. I think they were trying to clean up the story a bit. Give us an explanation as to where the young bucks are at, their motivations, how we got to this point with FTR. Um, You know, the young bucks were kind of caught between this thing where they were trying to, you know, bring their edge back by super kicking people all the time and being dicks and all this stuff. And that story has been told at length on BTE. Uh, But then they're, cast as the baby faces in this story because FDR are just like out, you know, kind of outsiders to the company coming in here and laid out Nick, Matt Jackson last week and took out his ankle. Uh, but I, I just don't think they accomplished what they meant to accomplish. Um, Matt Jackson, I think had a lot to say. I think Matt's kind of an underrated talking guy. Um, but we just didn't get, I think, the clear explanation of how we're supposed to reconcile all those things, which is kind of, you know, maybe it's an undoable task. Like maybe they just got this feud to this point of this story to this point. There's no way that you can just sort of retcon it or fix it with a single promo segment. But uh, pretty much FTR didn't bring anything to the table. Uh, and they were just like, oh, yeah, we don't even want to be here. You're here with your friend. Uh, actually, we're just going to leave now. Um So it was long. I don't think it really accomplished anything. Um, Not, uh, you know, I don't think not to anyone's surprise with how we feel about this feud in general. Uh, Jake Hager stumbling and getting rocked right now. Um, Might actually lose to this can.
0: (laughs) Jeez, I legitimately took a bet, like, whereas we were recording that. I I told you to
1: bet the other guy, Mike.
0: Yeah, I I wish I did now because especially because I can win one dollar and eleven cents on this bet and I'm about to lose it. But he looks
2: he looks uh, I'll say he looks insane right
0: now, <laughs> <laughs> just like Joseph Roode. Uh, it, it, it's something where I don't even know if there's any promo or any like big segment that we've seen over the last two weeks that can bail out this feud without having just a great pay-per-view match like i don't think you could sell the, the pay-per-view based on this match at this point i don't think that this is a match that given what they've done and basing this off something that is like three years of beef and not like really doing a good job of really like doing it or doing it in an interesting enough way that people that remember this were like yeah no i want to see what happens now they haven't utilized the history and then you have like the sit down promo ftr terrible sit down promos like did totally Blanchard say a single word during this promo other than just like sit there and be like, let's get out of here. I don't think he did.
2: I don't. Yeah. Not that comes mind. certainly nothing that made an impact.
0: Right. So you have that. And, and then you, you also have the stipulation that they just added on to try to like do a little bit of intrigue since Cody lost his. Now people are like, okay, now we have the idea that the viewer be like, oh, well, Cody wrist uh, said he would not challenge again. and he lost and he has not challenged again. So now we have the thing with the Bucks now having that stipulation. And I don't think that I, I think that the uh, the build is so poison at this point that they're just trying to see what would stick and kind of turn around consensus on. It. And there's only one way to turn it around, and that is to kind of be like, yep, yeah, this is the match and then go out there and have a absolute match of the year style match. Like, that's the only way to rebuild a feud is actually in ring. And there's nothing that FTR has done in this promotion recently to make me believe that that would happen. And it just was, it, it, was, it was such a superfluous thing. And I was excited because Excalibur was going to be there. I feel like Excalibur could probably, like, lead this into uh, having something that would be pretty useful, and that wasn't the case here.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I forgot the point on the stipulation, but you're totally right. They've had a tendency in this promotion to add on unnecessary stipulations, which just feels like trying to heighten the stakes in a phony manner. Even You know, even if you adhere to the stipulations, like you just kind of have to give them a, a better cause to exist in the first place in order for them to feel earned. You know, a lot like the uh, Will Hobbs and uh, Brian Cage match, it just doesn't feel earned. It feels like tacked on, like, oh, we can just add this and now it means more. But it doesn't really mean that. It doesn't really work that way. But I will say, at least the Bucks have challenged for the titles before. So it's like, okay, we've tried and failed. Right. But yeah. This is
0: like their third title shot.
2: Yeah. So at least there's that, but they didn't they didn't make any hay of that. Like they could have leaned on that and and made it a larger part of their promo.
1: Right. The story hasn't been, oh, we came into this kind of like the Kenny story. The story hasn't been, oh, we came into this promotion as like we thought they were we were this big deal and we've never been able to get it done. And you know, that's actually like a babyface story that they just decided not to tell. And the weirdest thing for me about this was that I I agree with you that Nick or that Matt rather is underrated as a talker, but I don't think he was very good in this segment. He really was like stumbling over himself and it was like, okay, this was taped and you had like all week, you know, to look at this and redo it. And, uh, they didn't. So I'm not sure it just, they got no, no points across that, that made any sense to me. Um, and then uh, our friend Dax, who I just hate Dax. Uh, he posts on Twitter. Nobody will give us the time, so I'll say it here. This is the biggest tag match of this generation.
0: Okay. That's one way of picking it, Mr. Bald FTR.
2: I would. L- I swear to God, I thought you were doing a listener elite or delete, and I'm like, we have a listener named Dax? <laughs> and you said I hate him, and I'm like, dude, that's... I don't think we want to be calling our listeners and telling them we
0: hate them. And yeah, shit. I, I, no. I was about to mark time and be like, all right, I'm editing this out right here. No, I love our listeners. I do and not I, love. I was, like, I was like, Oh, no.
2: not, I guess that is a bad take. I agree, man. But I, weird, <laughs> I was fucking adrift there for a minute.
0: <laughs> hey, has Jake Hager really set you off? Like rock so, hard. Jake Hager is Matt fighting has put you off that much.
2: Jake Hager does have the advantage right now. He's got this other guy. Trapped against the cage and is throwing some knees toward his, his torso and not his uh genitalia. But he is for sure losing this fight at this point, so he's gotta do something in the final two minutes. They gotta right. give Hager the, the uh the decision Hager. here. Good, <laughs> so got I, to the Hager I, effect.
0: He's got I mean to go I would low. love
2: if he loses, Tony's gotta fire him. Like you cannot Absolutely. have a Bellator YouTube preliminary loser. Oh, uh, he get low blow. He's a low blow. Yes, he got low blow. Seriously, <laughs> oh, blow. He, Hager, he him. The guy he was him. the guy was keeled over. Had like kind of kind of raised his torso from the position where he was trapped. And then Hager had his right arm free. Started raining one, two, oh, two. <laughs> Wait, who hit who in the dick? Hager. Hager hit the other guy. Of course, Hager. Hager does. This was a fist-based Hager effect. Hit him at least least one time, maybe two or three consecutive times. Just direct shots to the aforementioned genitalia. Uh, See, that was foreshadowed when I brought it up earlier. Uh, And now they're restarting. Here we go. Unbelievable. This is like, what a brand. Okay, they don't have to fire him now, but they do have to start. They have to bring back the Hager effect and throw more low blows.
0: For I sure. mean, that's kind of the only thing that you can do. Wow. What a what a life we are in. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's the new Mike, age.
2: You're uh, so right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a time age, to be alive. What a time to be alive. The new age Keith Hackney right there. Uh, I don't know. Do either of y'all know who Keith Hackney is? Not no. at all. Uh, Keith Hackney was an a karate fighter. And I think it was UFC 2. Who, I only know three,
1: one karate fighter.
2: Well uh wait, let me think. Karate fighter, Aaron Bentley. Well, let, yeah. let me
1: let me give you a hint about the karate fighter I know most well.
0: Uh are you gonna talk about Hanan? She... <laughs> no. Oh no, there, she she's judo. a judoka. Yeah, she's a judo player. That's on me.
1: No, I'm talking about uh a good man, a kind man who likes to make sure lots of people see his his comments.
0: Oh, as seen by Julian.
1: <laughs> no, or... this this is such a bad inside joke that nobody oh, oh, cares oh, oh, about oh. it. So oh, I know
0: you're referring to the legend Mike Roberts. Okay. Yeah, let's yeah, just yeah. move past it. <laughs> Let me tell you what, what Keith Hackney is but before I give my delete. Keith Hackney was someone on US, UFC four who won a fight because back then UFC four did not have any rules where he hit repeated low blows on a guy named Joe Sun who was on the who's a terrible person who was in the first uh, Austin Powers movie. But this guy I, like right. one by punching him in the dick repeatedly. And apparently that's what Jake Haker did.
1: All right. Uh Well, we'll keep you updated on this fight. We'll, that we'll keep up-
0: <laughs> Speaking of the inner circle, <laughs> can we tell you what my delete is AB? Please, Mike, my, my delete is this as hell inner circle prom, uh the whole segment here. So as Nate uh, alluded to earlier, the, the two worst things on the show back to back were the uh sit down interview with FDR and the young bucks, and then as well, this really, really bad town hall that they straight up did this like as a parody of the Trump one to the fact that Rebel, they had Rebel come out and be the old lady who was really charmed by Chris Jericho's smile. Luchasaurus was at this. It went on forever. They did try to salvage it at the end with uh, MJ, with Jericho saying, what haven't I done to join? MJ saying, what haven't I done? He says, you haven't beaten me. And then he said, you'd do anything to win. You did have the idea that both Ortiz and Sammy are very much against this and they're against this match, but like, it just was just, I understand that they like to hit to all fields and, and, and for whatever reason, in content, they love doing political riffing, which no one wants. Like I've not, I've yet to hear someone say like this segment owned oh, or someone who said the segment owned, that wasn't like someone that was very obviously like trolling for responses or is like just a weirdo on Twitter. It's just no, There's such fatigue right now that the idea of uh, doing like political parody and doing bad political parody, like sub Saturday Night Live political parody is just cringe. And I would not be surprised that when quarter hours come out, this turns out to be a massive turnoff just because it just was so bad. And there was like no point to it. They had Eric Eric Bischoff out here for this, talking about JFK. Like, what what was the point of this? Like, absolute waste of time that if you take these 30 minutes out of the show, you have a really great 90 minute wrestling program that was all about wrestling and building up matches. But like these two segments were just absolute dog shit.
2: Yeah. So this was not good. It was very long. It was longer than the other one. Even I do think they accomplished a little bit in that they were very clear about establishing both groups, sort of motivations and, you know, explaining why MJF wants to be in his group now when he's, you know, been talking about how great he is and how he's, uh, you know, past everybody. He's better than everyone. And why would he need, you know, a unit behind him now? So I think they did a good job in at least addressing that content of the storyline. But yeah, the whole premise, just fucking tired. Don't need that. I do think there is probably an audience out there that sees them parody the Trump woman and goes, Oh, I, I know that from real life. That's very funny. Uh, and I, I guess Rebel is like brought a good energy to it, but does absolutely nothing for me. On the BT recaps, talk at length about how the Luchasaurus humor just does nothing for me whatsoever. Um, Jake Eiger won, which is a bullshit finish, a bullshit result. He was fucking out. Yeah, on baby, stool. my check
0: cashed. My
2: hey, congratulations, cash. Mike. I won a dollar split decision. He was he was on his stool bleeding doctored fixing his face while the other guy was taking a victory lap around the ring ridiculous result but i guess that's what you get and uh yeah uh but yeah the humor didn't land for me mjf just seems like he's made to do wwe skits and i don't want to see wwe skits i want to see moxley and kingston promos dueling promos i want to see just other, I want to see stories. If you had people talking on the mic, I want to see stories advance another way than prolonged comedic skits. This is all very contrary to what I said last week, but last week was surreal enough and weird enough and closer to the like Orange Cassidy best friends brand of, you know, absurdist wrestling that it's a different thing, I think, than this, which is just like bad sketch comedy.
1: Yeah, the whole thing was like, I mean, unfortunately, when we judge wrestling, we almost have to. Uh, judge it with like WWE is like has a light that shines on whatever take you are giving right like just because it has uh, monopolized the field for for so long and the idea was essentially this is something that WWE like might have swung at but would have missed miserably like they would have not gotten the point and instead the town hall thing just felt like it was ripped off right off of WWE TV I mean it was exactly what we don't want to see in what is supposed to be the alternative to WWE.
0: I would say that it, you wouldn't see this in WWE because WWE would not do something like that was happening two weeks ago. Like this really felt like a Saturday night. Yeah,
2: you're right. No, uh, WWE would be referencing something from like eight years ago, probably. Uh, They they would
0: have probably referenced the fly that Mike Pence had on his head next month.
2: Chris Jericho says he wants
1: to uh, put the inner circle in a lock box.
0: Yes. Oh, perfect. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, like definitely we'd be doing like lockbox jokes or having like a bad per a bad Will Ferrell impersonation of George W. Bush.
2: Yeah. It was not good. I, I, this just seems like this is what Jericho wants to do. And it's like just go back to WWE then, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He definitely uh wants to do it and wanted to uh, sit in the role of Trump there. Interesting. Interesting. Chris Irvine from Odessa, Florida. I think somebody also accused me of
0: doxing Chris Jericho. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> That was the one that like made me crack up. And, like th- He talks openly about his real name in his books. Like,
2: yeah, the, uh, the, the other one was somebody said, Oh, I think this is doctored. Did you see that one? No, <laughs> that might've been, that might've been when Bix quote tweeted you or, uh, Brandon Howard Thurston also did a post about the one other donation under the name of Chris Jericho. But somebody was in there was like, Oh, I think these are doctored actually. <laughs>
1: yes i definitely doctored it uh and i'm gonna make sure that chris jericho just like friend of the show dinesh d'souza uh goes to prison for uh for fake um donations also i want to say to people yes i know that the federal contribution limit is twenty eight hundred dollars and that chris jericho gave three thousand dollars but there is a difference between the general election donation and the primary election donation, and if you donate over twenty eight hundred but less than fifty six hundred, they will simply apply part over twenty eight hundred to the other election. There were like hundred people and my things, like oh, uh, Chris Jericho is going to jail <laughs> for this. <laughs> I'm like okay, uh, my delete. I'm just going to hop right on the back of listener at Atlas Reed Lad thirty three. Who said hate Sheeta being a solid long-term champion with zero storytelling or build behind her matches? I think uh, they've always kind of not done a great job, but this is perhaps the worst job they've done with having a challenger for Sheeta for the pay-per-view. They had this like very natural story. Nyla was the the number one contender. Also, Sheeta beat Nyla for the title. Right? Am I making that up? So, yeah, she beat her at double or nothing less than six months ago. (laughs) Right. So there's like a story which they haven't referenced at all in the build to this match. You know, they one week left and then they do the whole thing by. So Nyla cuts this or actually Vicky cut the promo where she said Nyla wasn't going to wrestle until she got a shot at. Uh, Sheeta, which that's a good little thing. If you'd built on that, that would have been interesting. But instead, the next time they reference it is Alex Marvez apparently informing Sheeta about it for the very first time in a backstage segment, and it just makes everybody look dumb, uh, and it's bad, and it's just you know another another mark on the side of the ledger of uh, Tony Khan and this promotion just not being particularly interested in women's wrestling.
2: Yeah, I think. It kind of stinks because I think, I think Nyla wins, and that kind of is like, oh, you didn't bother to do a build here whatsoever. You know, we just had a pretty good build to Sheeta winning the belt from Nyla, uh, and then had a you know a, a great babyface moment with her winning that title. You know, she didn't have a ton to do in the interim. She had a little back and forth thing with Thunder Rosa, which was uh, a good stopgap measure, but didn't really have any weight behind it because there's no. You know, you're not building anybody in your own company that way. And then, yeah, just like no build for this. The only way this makes sense is the only thing that Nyla's has done in the interim is she was like, oh, I lost. Everybody has a manager. I need a manager. Now she has a manager. Logic would dictate the that the manager plays a role here and how this rematch, because it's just a rematch, develops. So Vicky's going to cheat and win the title for Nyla. That's all I can conclude. They
1: literally in this time frame, you know, Sheeta has basically been the pandemic champion for AEW. They literally did not elevate one single woman over that just, time frame.
2: And it's like, like Penelope appeared on the show, and it's like, where? Why isn't Penelope on this show more regularly? Like, yeah,
1: they did this whole thing with Anna Jay, and then it's like she's an afterthought.
2: Yeah, and I'm just not not good time management. Instead, they want to do. These 25 minute matches in the opening segment. It's like, no, make it a 14-minute match. You can plug two women's promos in the in there and
0: another match, and you'll sure will be better for it. It it's just something that you just you like look at this and I don't know how anyone could have any confidence. So like you're reverting back to Nyla most likely when there was like a pretty obvious thing. It's like, oh, Nyla refocused, got a manager, and should have like st- Tore through people to build up to this rematch. Like, this is a very obvious thing to book. And they just, it's such an afterthought that it's like not even worth us like putting a lot of thought into it because apparently most of the company isn't. So, why should we at this point? Like, it's just, it's so dumb at this point how bad it is about this.
1: All right. Well, we can move from there right into the ratings for this week. AW up slightly from 753 to 781,000, up to 12th in the demo and up to a point three two for their their best uh, demo number in quite some time. NXT makes a big jump, 875,021st in the demo, a 0.25 in the demo, that's a jump for them from 0.16, uh, but still quite a bit behind AEW's demo number.
0: Yeah, and it's something that I think there's a lot of things to play here in what happened this week. I think that AEW's little jump, I would probably say immediately is because people who would watch live sports over this, there's no live sports right now, or at least on Wednesdays, there was no world series over. So it may, it kept them number two and, in, uh, in non-news. And interestingly enough, they were up 25% in people 18 to 34 and about 19% in women 18 to 49. And everything else was basically flat. So there's two things that I think that wonder that's at play. Are these all people that would normally watch the World Series, watch live sports turning over? And, or if it's something that that like the fabled, like, oh, people's partners watching TV with them and all the outreach and all the thing about how the uh, musical number played and you know, how the, they thought that was like playing for like non-wrestling fans. Could that play off there a little bit? Like I feel like that there's something that'll be interesting to see how those two demographics change next week. Uh, NXT, they build up the show, they loaded the show up. And they had their longest overrun since January. I would be really interested in seeing what their overall overrun rating is and how much that, that influenced the ratings here. And it's something that I don't see much change in AEW next week. I feel like I point that they're so heavily in this this plateau that it's going to be this way for a long time. And I think NXT, I have no belief to believe that NXT is going to come any closer than this. I mean, do, you, do either of you all think that this is actually the start of anything for NXT or just like a dead cat bounce?
1: It seems like they did a big gimmick and loaded it up with matches, and they uh, also benefited, as you were mentioning, from no sports. Uh, There wasn't really a big news thing going on last night, Uh, so a lot of the old—I mean, this is all old people, right? A lot of old people tuned in.
0: Right, yeah, because we don't have the—because it was the first time that they would have been in the top 50 since uh, September.
1: Yeah, so I guess we don't know for sure, but it reads to me because their demo. I mean, obviously they did better in the demo, so some young people tuned in for this. Uh, sure. But that that big overall viewership number just reads as people who would probably otherwise be watching Fox News for the night, and they uh, flipped over to NXT.
0: That's at least my read of it.
2: I just think it's uh, you know not really fair for WWE to exploit the Halloween Havoc branding. I think that is uh, historically. Um, the property of of WCW, whose heir apparent is obviously AEW, and and WWE should relinquish it.
1: I couldn't agree more. Okay, let's run down uh, the stuff on the show we haven't talked about yet. The show opened with Dasha, with MJF, and Wardlow. She's trying to ask Wardlow about his match with Adam Page, but MJF interrupts. He says, if Wardlow wins the title, MJF will become AEW champion because Wordlow is under contract to him. Sammy comes out, uh, they get at each other. Sammy says, "Tonight, I'm going to make sure you never join the inner circle." And MJF says, uh, "Hey, I had a note for you on your promos. Don't." Very, very good burn here from MJF. Uh, he accuses Sammy of looking like he sells Adderall to middle schoolers, and then uh, Sammy doesn't respond for a minute. As MJF is like, "You know, why aren't you talking?" And he's like, I'm thinking about all the things I'm going to do about it. This was actually a better segment than I have
2: portrayed it as. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, the fucking Adderall, the middle schoolers line <clears throat> Just felt like, oh, yeah, he overrode a little insult. It's good. Got to get that in there.
1: Yeah. That's MJF, baby. I know That's what he does. I know. Uh, Sammy was the standout in this segment. Well, I don't know. Wordlow was pretty good too. But here's I, I, my thing. Warlow's
0: facial expression is great going. Really? Are you going to take this title from me? I, if yeah, I I mean, this?
2: yeah, there were there were two stars in this segment and neither one of them were MJF.
1: I guess they're setting, you know, this is just like a weird thing because obviously he doesn't get close to the title because he loses this match to Adam Page. But I guess we're just continuing to drop little seeds that are going to bloom one day into a, a Wordlow MJF feud. Uh, Right after this was Hangman defeating Wardlow with double buckshot lariats. One was not enough, baby.
0: One didn't even take Wardlow off his feet. One just staggered him.
1: That's right. That's right. There was a Mox video up next. He says he's defended the AW World title with everything he has to make it the number one prize in the sport. But on November 7, it's not about business. It's personal. He's not defending the championship. He's going to weaponize it. I'm not sure why I'm doing every promo as if it's (laughs) like a blockbuster movie. Uh, He says there's no room for this Eddie Kingston in AEW because AEW is for the greatest athletes in the world. Uh, But at uh, full gear, when Eddie looks around, there's no one else to blame. He's going to have to say, I quit. He'll be alone with his own ego. And then Mox is going to do what he does to everyone else with a loud mouth in AEW, crush their egos. This was good. Good promo. Another good one from Mox.
2: Yeah, I can't believe the two best promo guys, the two best English-speaking promo guys in the world had two more great English-speaking promos on this show.
1: Imagine watching these shows, seeing Mox's promos, seeing Eddie's promos, and saying, MJF is just the best promo guy that exists.
2: Yeah, if again, that's if your idea of a promo is a, a 1980s WWF heel wrestler who has a side job as a garbage man or whatever.
1: It's insane. I mean, these guys are showing you like actual good promos every week. Eddie Kingston is out in the ring. He's tired of talking, though. So tonight he's going to beat up the guy who tried to steal his shine in the Battle Royale from which, by the way, he was never eliminated. And uh, sure enough, Eddie Eddie Kingston defeats Matt Seidel with a bulldog choke. He he takes Mox's move here. Good little good little thing. Uh, Eddie keeps the choke on after the match. The bunny brings a mic to him. And then Eddie does this kind of weird bit where he pretends that Sidell is uh, Mox
0: and keeps telling him to say, I quit.
2: Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I liked all of it. It was all good. It,
0: it, was a, it was a solid thing. And, you know, Eddie being the person who pays attention is something that I really enjoy. And him bringing it out here, then having Allie, and they brought up the fact of how Allie's back in the family and that she played QT Marshall. You know what I mean? I You're pulling the best angle from from dark and putting it on TV here. I, I'm just all about it. And, you know, I think like Matt Seidel's turned out to be like, I don't think he's ever going to be a star in this promotion. But if you have a Matt Seidel around, like, you you ha- you keep him around. Like, it's Matt Seidel. So, I was pretty okay with this.
2: Yeah, a really good guy that, to have <laughs> to be able to job your Eddie Kingstons. Like, you know, I guess in WWE, it was just like a tag hand or whatever. But, you know, for a period, one of the best guys on the independents Period. And and New Japan briefly. I'm talking about his post WWE run. Um, and yeah, you like you just have him here to like make Eddie Kingston look good and have Eddie Kingston brutalize him for a little bit. And that's like that's great. That's <laughs> what a tool to have.
0: Next up was here. The... Here's a quick fact about this. This was their first singles match against the two of each other in 15 years. Wow. It's pretty wild. Just where where like... was that match? IWA Mid-South, NWA No Limits, Point of Impact 2 from the Muscatine National Guard Armory in Muscatine, Iowa on October 28th, uh, 2005.
2: Wow, IWA I- versus NWA show. Huge.
0: Wow. Next was the uh, the Bucks FTR
1: segment, then the Inner Circle Town Hall. We got a video from Taz saying the clock is ticking for Will Hobbs to make a decision. Uh, then the TNT title match, Cody defeated Orange Cassidy. With the crossroads after John Silver pump kicked Cassidy. Uh after the match, we see Darby looking on, and then uh Billy hit 10 with a fame asser.
2: Yeah. This uh this was a good good match. This was a solid match. Uh, I think the lumberjack match is a, is a, a okay, down, I downgraded it. it. <laughs> I it in that moment. Um the lumberjack match is a useful stipulation for something like this, which is like a holdover match to advance these stories a little bit and get a lot of people on camera and, you know, kind of advance the story with, uh, you know, Orange and the Dark Order, where the Dark Order keeps going after Cody and Orange is like, no, I'm a baby face. I'm not going to let you do that. So that, you know, it just gives you a lot of room to have people play off each other. So, you know, effective use of that, I thought. Darby is like fully in Sting in the Rafters status at this point, like even the way they're shooting him. Like they're not just up on him. You know, they had Lance Archer out there, which again, great way to just like remind people, hey, Lance Archer exists. He's here in the crowd. Uh but for Darby, they shoot him, you know, from far away while he's way up there in the seats. So that's good for his character, I think. Um but yeah, you know, solid match, but the highlight of it was seeing the uh Dark Superstars gun club get some real shine here and setting up an apparent John Silver and Orange Cassidy match, which I think is a great we've been saying they don't know what to do with orange cassidy now that they had him beat chris jericho uh using him to lift up their next most over guy or their next gotten most over on bte guy john silver is i think uh, a great idea to put those guys together on the pay-per-view
0: and it's something that like john silver now is at a point where he kind of pulls your focus at such a level that's like all right you you got to do something with johnny hungy like like this is the time to do it and i i the whole gun club thing, I think, is hilarious because basically Austin, Colton Gunn are basically human uh, Labrador retrievers, and the, the fact that they like that they have like a further role just amuses me greatly. Like, 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 I'm ready for five and ten and Colt Cabana versus the Gun Club. Let's do it.
2: I don't know why I enjoy seeing Austin Gunn, but I really do. Right? He comes yeah, up yeah. and I just kind of smile and I'm like, there he goes.
0: <laughs> and, and Billy's with him, and like they seem to have like a nice father son relationship, and then the other brothers around there to annoy Ricky Starks. It's a great time. I don't know about
1: you guys, but I often found
0: myself with like
1: a frat boyfriend that I could never understand why I liked him or like what was good about him. Yeah, I just liked having him around. And Austin Gunn is that guy.
2: Yeah, for sure. I totally know what you mean. I think John Silver is also that guy, but John (laughs) John Silver is like a little more uh, agitated and a little more bizarre. Yeah, yeah. he's much Yeah, Austin Gunn's a little closer to your normie bro, but just still has a likable energy.
1: He does. Uh, I'm going to do my one complaint about this match, which is, of course, uh, a. I know it's a babyface versus babyface match, but a babyface gets cheated out of the win, and there's no, there's nothing. Now Orange Cassidy yeah. just moves on into this John Silver feud, and you know he's gotten basically cheated out of this uh, TNT title. Uh, you know, so it's just that's annoying to me. Uh, Alex Barvez with the best friends Miro and Kip show up, and they have presents for them for Halloween. A, a very real. Um,
0: gift giving uh, holiday
1: yeah holiday where you give gifts uh, of which uh, trent
0: said trent said yeah, yeah you don't give presents for this holiday great yes. one of the best single lines on the show by the way
1: that was good and of course uh you know they brawled
2: well get, get or no Kent, not fuck trent had another good line here and i've forgotten what it was they he said uh, oh <laughs> it was just they say trick or treat." And he says neither <laughs> it's just not participating he's <laughs> like yeah they just have the right tone to make to make anything and work in this promotion
0: it's just a great thing that like that, that they understand. Just let Trent be weird. Let Trent be Trent. He's he's going to say things like this and he'll crack people up. He's just a great non sequitur guy.
2: All right, let me see if this works here better than it did in the Discord. I do think that Chuck Taylor should uh, leave the best friends and join the gun club so that he can be the fourth gun.
0: Fourth gun. Get it. I got it. A B obviously. AB, that's fine. Okay.
1: Um, is this uh no, I've got no fucking clue what it is.
2: Okay, don't worry about it. Just a it you know, it's you know, a pun, Sorry, buddy. Kind of. I would have it's loved fine. to have
1: sold it for you, but I just didn't get it. It's fine. Mike uh, participated. He did. Thank you, Mike. I, I, I threw it up. Uh, next up, Serena Deeb retained her NWA World Women's title uh, by defeating Layla Hirsch by submission. Uh, and then we did Alex Marvez with Sheeta, where we set up the challenge for full gear. And then, folks, uh, the semi-main event on this show, Sean Spears defeating VSK, um, probably with the C4, but I don't know. I didn't even write down what the finish was. It,
0: it, it was the C4. You're right.
1: After the match, a guy in a in a costume is heckling him. Uh, Sean Spears pulls him over the the barricade,
0: drags him into the ring. And folks, it's Scorpio Sky. A uh, friend of the show we mentioned earlier, Cubs fan, had the best tweet about this saying, I've been waiting for such a long time for someone in a bowl mask to be an AEW. I, uh, take from I,
2: I, I like i like i think i like this um I, you can always rely on somebody in a giant mascot costume being unveiled as someone to to attack someone uh else it's a pretty reliable segment um I, and just m- most of my thoughts about this were oh thank god if they're gonna do a feud between these guys at least they put it on television for one week instead of it being strictly on AEW dark or the one episode of late night dynamite it's like oh like Jesus, they gave him. They gave him the four minutes necessary for this to feel like a real feud. Uh, also reminded me of the video game Bully by Rockstar. Anybody play Bully?
0: Yeah, I did. I did.
2: Good game. Great soundtrack.
1: And then the real main event that we discussed already: Kenny Omega defeated Pentagon with the One Winged Angel. Um, if you enjoy the show, and I know you do. I mean, this has been a great show. I know you're having a good time. Head over patreon.com slash everything elite. Uh, It's almost the first of the month. November is going to be a huge month on the Patreon. It is the one year anniversary of our Patreon. So we'll be doing it big. Uh, This week, we had a little game put together by our old pal, Mike Spears, uh, where we put together some uh, very funny cards, uh, including, you know, free agents, people who aren't involved in AEW. And I know a lot of our listeners really enjoyed it
0: yeah and in our discord we've had people post their cards themselves i i am the game master i could take something that's been overly done like wrestling drafts and then add aspects to it to make its own kind of fulfilling game and i was fully prepared that this would be like one of our off-a-rail shows that i devised something and then 20 minutes and we start riffing about uh i don't know uh 311 311 or something Mm. and instead it was like a really fun show and we we all put like a lot of thought in these cards and you know, I'm thinking of new games in the future for us to play because it seems that everyone loves playing games with us. So it was a good time.
2: <laughs> the Game Master is hard at work devising new schemes. <laughs> new um, schemes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> also, we put it you can
1: vote on our cards. Uh, please go vote because uh, Nate is beating me right now, and I don't like that.
0: So I am,
2: I, I, am I winning overall? Yes, you are. You are. Yeah, uh, I, I have a feeling.
0: I, I'm in third place because people do not respect the greatness known as mean girls international
1: i'm in second place probably because i booked what <laughs> killer kelly in three matches, three matches. <laughs>
2: oh my god yeah I, I didn't see a problem with that at the time you're no. like yeah no, no. That's, that's great uh
0: right? i i build these games for y'all to find a loophole and exploit and i should have said you cannot have a one night tournament on these cards <laughs> And imagine international waters, Aaron. Where
1: where were you, game master? I didn't
0: need need any
2: loopholes to exploit. Mine's a straight-ahead card, which was reasonably accomplishable. So, there.
1: Well, go listen. Uh, Here's some big stuff coming up this month. We're going to do... well. We'll do our full gear retrospective. We always like to go back a year and look at the the previous show and do a preview of full gear. We're going to do a full gear instant reaction... And for our anniversary, we'll be doing the full gear instant reaction, our episode of Light, and our main show, uh, this free show that week, will all be live for our patrons. So uh, sign up this month, $5, dollars will get you all those shows live. And uh, we record on uh, Wednesdays at 6.30, so if, if that helps you yeah, Thursday, out. Thursdays, oh, at 6:30. Thursday, We do not record on Wednesdays, the show hasn't happened yet. Thursday, at yeah. 6.30. <laughs> Um,
0: I I secretly get the results at way ahead of time. And I send them to yeah. Aaron and Nate and we react to it. Yeah, no. So we'll, we'll have that. they will be posted all about it on our social media. Uh, we also, should, should we talk about the next episode? Of this is a B. Yeah, sure. So as someone who has spent the, uh, quarantine, basically going back through the long lost promotion of Dragon Gate USA, I am coming on to this is next, next month in November. To do this is John Moxley. I have a lot of gems and I have a lot of wild promos. So I'm going to be showing AB during this time. Uh, John Moxley used to not be the solid of a promo worker, he used to be very, very weird about it. And we're going to do that as well. I'm really stoked to do that. And we'll have a lot of other stuff. We have a lot of stuff in the hopper coming your way in November on the EE Patreon.
1: Yeah, join us, join our Discord, slash uh, everything elite. Okay, next week on. Dynamite. we got a big card announced already. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Ortiz versus MJF and Wardlow. Miro versus Trent. Sean Spears versus Scorpio Sky. Cody and the the Gun Club versus uh, the Dark Order in a a six-man tag. Uh, Mox and Kingston will be face to face. And Chris Jericho will be on commentary. And here's what we have for the full... Full gear card, at least so far. Uh, the men's world title, an I quit match. John Moxley defending against Eddie Kingston. The TNT title, Cody defending against Darby Allen. The tag title match. If the Young Bucks lose, they will never challenge again for the tag titles. FTR defending against the Bucks. The women's world title, Hikaru Shida uh, against Nyla Rose. The finals of the... Uh world champion, contender, whatever tournament.
0: The eliminator tournament is what they're calling it.
1: Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page, Jericho versus MJF, the Elite Deletion, Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy. And on the buy end, we're gonna have Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. So that's what probably the full card, right?
0: Uh probably
1: eh, could be one more match.
0: I, I I feel like there'll be another women's match on the buy-in if past yeah. president means anything. So probably will be like Big Swole versus, uh, I don't know, uh, Serena Deep, probably. Who knows? They put Ta- I just put more thought n- into no, it. Yeah, than they Literally asked. no
2: way to
1: know. It yeah. won't be Taikansi because they have to be worried for the rest of the division that she'll just uh, kill them, hurt them very badly.
2: Much of a shooter.
0: Yeah. I mean, cool. she, she is a black belt judoka and is training Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She probably has had more martial arts training in her life than Jake Hager did today. It's, <laughs> and it's played it as well. <laughs> Maybe maybe they should start getting her to Bellator. That uh, yeah,
1: that would be good. All right. Well, hey, follow us on Twitter cool. at everythingAEW. <laughs> I'm at Aaron Light the Car, make that a fitnessist. <laughs> Subscribe, rate and review, tell your friends, and go to patreon.com slash everything elite.
0: I'm also at Fujihea, Aaron. Did I not say that? No.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I just usually just do my pattern. It's uh it's just muscle memory at this point. So uh, I apparently it's not since I got left out there. I'm sorry. Mike is at Fuji Heia. That's F U J I I Heia. Fuji as in Don Fuji. Heia is a Japanese word for like for room or house. So that's everything yeah. you need to know, I think, about that. <laughs> and Nate
0: is done with us here. So let's go. <laughs>
1: All right. Uh for Mike for Nate, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. No god damn it <laughs> I can-